Right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, wherever, whenever this happens to find you. Welcome back to the Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast. Um, I, again, my name is Tyler Kusinoki. I am an admissions consultant um, operating out of Tokyo, and I have done this for about 15 years. And the goal of this podcast is to give you guys, uh, all of you listening, just some insight, some perspective on what is an increasingly complex um, and oftentimes overwhelming process. So um, today, um, as you can see from the title, I'm going to be talking a little bit about holistic admissions. Holistic admissions. What the heck does that even mean? It's a word you're going to be hearing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot um, as you go through your school process. So just something that I wanted to um, preface there. But before we get to that, quick reminder of a couple different things, right, um, that maybe will make this podcast not as evergreen. But in terms of timing wise, um, uh, October is coming up, uh, which means that for those of you who are uh, wanting to submit a test score, the final attempts for um, the SAT and the ACT, if you are planning on doing early decision are coming up. And so um, with that in mind, I wanted to sort of take this opportunity to introduce a little bit of a segment that I'll occasionally dip back into um, called just Test prep, pro, test prep, test prep pro tips, right? Um, to give you guys a little bit of guidance as you are thinking about and heading into uh, these final big exams of yours. Okay. And so, um, because I want to be sort of test agnostic, um, at least for now, um, the first tip that I really cannot stress enough um, in my time as an SAT tutor, one of the things that I really wish more students would do is take their, uh, take their review and their revision a little bit more seriously. A lot of times when I'm working with a student going through their practice tests or their homework, um, or if I'm doing a test with them live, right, they will make, see a mistake, see that they've made it, slap their forehead and be like, oh, duh, that was dumb. And then they move on. If you are doing that, you are failing to take advantage of the opportunity to learn the test, right? Both the SAT and the ACT are standardized tests and they have to stick to formulas. Right, And there are all types of um, books and guides out there that are going to try to tell you what those formulas are. But you need to figure out what the formula is for you. right? And the only way that you're going to do that is to really sit down and break down all of the mistakes that you've made and really start to chart them out in such a way that you can start to catch the patterns. And so what I often tend to do with my students is that for every full test or every set of homework that they do, I have them make an Excel sheet, right? And on that Excel sheet, right, I want them to record the question and then I want them to record the type of question it is. If it's on reading, was it a uh, was it an evidence-based question? Was it a vocab-based question? If it's on the verbal, was it based around grammar? Was it based upon editing and structure, right? And then if it's on math, what category does it go into? Was it linear algebra? Was it geometry, right? Was it... Uh, factoring, right? You can be as specific or big picture as you feel like you need to, but that's one piece. So you can start to see where are your tendencies in terms of question type that you're making mistakes. The next thing that I ask them to do is uh, is to put down, you know, their the right answer and then their wrong answer, just so that we can see um, where they were doing. And then what I really force and challenge students to do is spend a lot of time looking at the right answer and their wrong answer and the question itself, right? And to ask themselves two things, right? One, why was I wrong, right? And then two, why is the correct answer right? And to write it out. Write out answers to both of those questions on this Excel sheet. 
And through doing that, right, um, students over time will start to build their own rules for the test, right? Um, we can teach the rules, we can give you all these things, but at the end of the day, what's going to make the test work for you is you building a set of rules for yourself. But the only way you're going to go about get understanding that is if you can see your own patterns and your own tendencies, right? And so, um, again, label the question types, right? Right answer, wrong answer, right? Why were you wrong? but also why was the correct answer right? And by answering those questions, you're going to start to, over time, be able to start to get into the mindset of the test makers, right? And the moment you can start thinking like them, the moment that's when you can really start to understand, um, you know, that these tests are not tests of, you know, knowledge and interpretation and, you know, subjectivity as like on the reading, for example, the reading is just evidence. Can you match it with evidence? Here's how, here's why. So starting to create those patterns is going to come down to taking your revision more seriously, really embracing your mistakes as opportunities to learn more about the exam, as opposed to just a score that you failed to meet. And then you just throw yourself at it again, as, as opposed to trying to take away as much from it as possible, right? There are not that many mock tests available publicly, right? Official mock tests, right? Don't waste them, right? By taking them, getting upset at your score, and then throwing it away. Sit down, spend almost as much time on your revision as on you on the actual test. Learn, quote unquote, the enemy, right? And their tendencies, okay? So that's my test prep pro tip, right? Be more reflective on your mistakes and learn from them. Okay, on to today's main topic, the importance of being earnest. Hopefully between last week and this week, you can tell that I was an English major, um, but the importance of being earnest. What the heck is holistic admissions? Okay, um, admissions officers are going to throw this term around um, and I have yet to hear any of them give me a satisfying definition. Um, I will try to do so here. Um, and I think the at the end of the day, what holistic admissions is all about is ultimately that context is everything now. Whereas before it could oftentimes be based off of just your raw stats, right? Your GPA, your test scores, many times and in many cases, that's enough. Um, however, as we are moving into an environment and into a world where there is so much competition that stats are not gonna be good enough, right? But also colleges are looking to build a community and to do those things, right? you need to be able to come up with a couple different metrics, right? To try to build the community that you want to build. So the first part I wanna talk about is context. You want to be viewing, once you get to the point where you are building your application, you want to view your application as a whole, right? You are not just your test scores. You are not just your grades. You are not just your essays. You are everything. And so it's really important to be checking to make sure that all the things that you want to re represent, all the things of who you are as a human being, have a point of expression, okay? So for example, uh, if you look at the components that go into the college application, right? It's your grades, it's your test scores, of course. But then after that, you have your teacher recommendations, your activities list, your essays, of course, right? And then any supplemental stuff that you're going to be submitting, okay? it's going to be really important to make sure that across these different components, you are presenting as full a picture of who you are as you can, right? And so hopefully, hopefully, right, your test scores and your grades will show that you are a smart, capable, hardworking, disciplined, driven student, 
which is super important. I'm going to come back to why at the end of the day, these are still the most important things in a moment, right? So you will have this piece that says you are this. Great. Now you have to look at the rest of your pieces and say, okay, what else do these different components say about me? I oftentimes will have students come to me and they say, oh, okay, I want to go and I want to study business or I want to study economics. And then I look at their transcript and okay, they've taken AP Econ, great. They've taken a couple advanced business courses, great. They've taken statistics, awesome. They're really, really good at math, fantastic. And then I look at their extracurriculars, right? I started this club, I'm an entrepreneur. I've done all these business things, right? I do all these different things that are related to economics. I did a research paper on business, amazing, right? The problem with a type of application like this is that especially if the student does all these other things as well, if a student really, really likes to read mystery stories, if a student has a musical interest, if, if this student also really happens to really love dogs, right? Or if the student really cares about his family and is very dedicated to spending time with his family, right? If all of those pieces are dismissed because you're trying to really, really show that you are economics all the way, you are not embracing the concept of holistic applications and holistic admissions. Holistic mission admissions means that if you tell me you're interested in econ and you've brought it up a couple times and you can prove it on your activities list, that's great. I get it. All right now, what else can you show me? Right? Because I'm going to have plenty of people who want to be econ majors who have done econ things. What I don't have is people who want to be econ majors, but also love sculpture and really happen to like Fortnite a lot. Right? What I'm not going to have as many of are econ majors who play the cello, right? but also really, really enjoy spending every weekend with their grandparents playing card games. Right? And so holistic admissions means that you have an opportunity in the application process to be to represent as much of you as you need to, right? And I think it's really, really helpful and important for you to understand all the different components of the application and then start to map out, okay, what is this, what can this piece alone say about me, right? Or what is, what do I need to be said in these particular components? So for teacher recommendations, you definitely want the teacher recommendations to speak to your character, right? Because it's weird for you to talk about your own character. Right? Oh, my name is Tyler and I am filled with integrity. Sure. Or Tyler has always been one of my favorite students because he is so filled with integrity and he demonstrates that every single day. Those read fundamentally different. Right? And so holistic admissions means that you, in terms of the tactical aspect of it, means that you need to sit down, understand the components and start to really think about what pieces go where and am I happy with that distribution? Do I feel like all of who I am as far as the admissions process goes and what I want to share to colleges is being shown? Keeping in mind that if you go super spiky, you are putting yourself into the most competitive pool right, especially for STEM, especially for business, right, is that if you only do one thing, you better be a beast at that one thing, right, because you are choosing to say, I want to be evaluated only on this one metric, 
as opposed to the diversity and the duality and the maybe conflicting paradoxical interests that make you an interesting person. Okay, so that's the first part. The next part is about passion. Do not be afraid about being passionate and having real interests that are important to you. So many students come to me with their extracurriculars. Club fairs were, were last week for a lot of different schools. So many students come to me and say, well, I'm really interested in this, but like I want to get to college, so I need to go do this. Wrong. Okay. If you're really interested in this, let's find a way to be awesome with this thing that you're really interested in. Okay. Because shutting that down to pursue something that you don't care about is always going to come up short, okay? Which is different from experimentation. Try many things, try everything, right? But if you already have something that you really care about and that you really enjoy, instead of trying to find a way to shut that down and focus on what is theory according to other people is the right path, let's focus on how to maximize it. Let's focus on how to maximize it. One of my uh, favorite students that I've worked with, um, love, 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 love taking care of dogs. Uh, every week would spend, you know, 10, 12, 15 hours at this tiny uh, rinky-dink dog shelter, um, taking care of like 13, 15, 16 dogs. Um, and, uh, and he would just go there and he would just do that. And initially when we started working together, I was like, wait, you kind of have to do other stuff. Um, but that would have been the wrong advice to give, right? Instead, what we talk through is, okay, within this dog shelter, is there more that you can do, right? Are there things that you can do additionally? Oh, it turns out he's really interested in physics and engineering and material sciences. Okay, well, are there areas of this dog shelter that need to be improved? Well, there are Dog toilet's not great, right? Okay, fine, right? Then let's figure out how to fix it, right? Are there materials that are going to be less absorbent so that the water, so that the the waste can all just slide into a, a receptacle and you can accumulate it and take it away? What are the problems? Let's engineer it. Let's figure it out. Let's make a way to solve it. And so instead of rejecting a passion, we embraced it and said, okay, let's maximize it. And he did. And he now is kind of starting his starting his freshman year at Cornell. Right. So there are, and of course, not to say that that's what got him in, right? But I cannot stress enough how much holistic admissions is that means that they are going to be willing to look into your context and what you have done with what's been given to you. Right. And um, as opposed to what on a resume looks inherently impressive, okay? And so if you are really passionate about seashells, if you are really passionate about education, if you're really passionate about actually uh, helping people, if you're really passionate about sewing, about fashion, about any of these other different things, don't shut those down because other people said, well, no, colleges don't like that, right? Find a way to pursue it and maximize it and leverage the resources that are available you, to you to do everything that you can with it because, because colleges do like that, okay? And if you don't know what you like, try, right? Find a summer, find some time, delve into 10, 13, 14 different things, right? 
and help just through process of elimination start to figure out what you like or don't like. Everyone has a drive, something that moves them forward, right? You just gotta find it, okay? And now lastly, right, in terms of holistic admissions, it's kind of, these all matter, but some matter more than others, right? At the end of the day, your grades, how difficult the classes you take are always going to be number one. As much as these institutions are about building a community, they are ultimately about building an academic community, okay? And so those things become, those things are A1 priority, right? Get your grades, work hard, take challenging classes, right? Everything else kind of builds off of that, right? That your chances of getting in somewhere, if you're not an athlete or a musical superstar, right? Your chances of getting into a good school, a school that's really going to fit you, is going to come from A, being an awesome student. And after that, building out your passions, your interests, trying things, maximizing your personal qualities, because that will not only help colleges decide whether they want you, it will also help you decide what college you want, right? And remember that that's an important part of the process that we're gonna talk about later, okay? So the importance of being earnest really is that, right? Is that whatever you do, instead of throwing your hands up in the air and being like, well, that will never get me into college, right? I would encourage you to think about, but could it though? right? And how can I pursue that further, deeper, right? Um, and what resources do I need to accomplish that? And then think about how to do that. Okay. So um, this was, this went a little bit long, um, that longer than normal. Um, but thank you guys for your time. As a quick reminder, um, this coming Saturday, uh, September 18th, uh, we are inviting uh, Brandeis and uh, Grinnell to come give a convert, give a talk about uh, liberal arts colleges and the experiences that those can provide. And so if you are ever, if you're interested at all in doing that, links to that are below um, for you to sign up, right? And we will continue to have these talks throughout the year. And also I am hosting kind of a big kind of kickoff of the school year. Now that we're a month or two in, how are we all doing a uh, longer form seminar? And that will be on uh, Sunday, October 17th. Um, I will be giving a longer form talk to just kind of talk through where are we at now? Early decision deadlines are coming up. What should we all do? Um, I will be sharing there. So more information about that will be coming soon. Um, please stay tuned. But in the meantime, thank you guys so much for your time. Uh, have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.